Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Oops. All Hold right, on. Yeah. Here we go. I'm, I'm getting a double feedback on my right, audio yeah, here. here. Go. Already getting. I'm a getting place. a double feedback on my right, audio yeah, here. Go. Already getting. I'm a getting place. a double feedback on my right, audio yeah, here. Go. Already. Okay. Now it's gone. Excuse me, everybody. I was getting an echo. I felt like I was in um, purgatory there, just hearing yeah. my own voice echoing back to me. There it is again. Okay. Now it's gone. All my everything's good. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Rockfin. I'm here with Dr. Bradley Campbell. Dr. Bradley Campbell, I really appreciate you coming on here. Um, you guys can find more about Dr. Bradley Campbell. He's, uh, what is it, Dr. Dot Bradley Campbell on Instagram, right? Correct. And, and is it Bra- at Dr. Brad Campbell on Twitter? Um, I don't even know. I barely go on Twitter, honestly. Okay. I, go on well, Twitter to, uh, I think it's at, let me go look it up. But yeah, I'm not even on there. I don't like respond. It's at br brad campbell yeah twitter's uh it's kind of like the i call it the bathroom wall of the internet it's like the, the middle school bathroom wall of the internet and um it's best to stay off of there um and then it was, uh, health assurance movement.com is that your website health assurance movement.org oh, i'm sorry dot org there we go get that joe biden slip up there dot um, yeah so <laughs> dr brad campbell it's been it's been a crazy few weeks. It's been a crazy year, man. And um, so you're a doctor of chiropractic, and you've been practicing for, for how long? You've been practicing chiropractic medicine. Five over five years now. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I've I've got to say, like I I know I know quite a few chiropractors. Chiropractors have really helped me on the kind of my health journey, more so than any conventional doctor. Um, so I know, I'm sure because this is the internet, you might catch a little bit of flack, right? The, uh, the mainstream might say, this guy's, he's not a real doctor. He's not like Dr. Jill Biden. He's not a, you know, a real um, doctor. So, yeah, so what is chiropractic, if you want to kind of give a quick introduction on what it is you do and what it is you do in your practice so we can understand a little bit more about why you got kicked off of part of the internet <laughs> for what you've been saying yeah. lately. Um, well, original chiropractic was basically treating all forms of illness naturally and they treated what they called like the three t's of thoughts trauma and toxins which is basically like stress toxins and health and nutrition and biochemistry and then trauma physical illness like the spine muscle muscles nerves the musculoskeletal system of the body Um, but i also went to a bunch of other schools like i went to the naturopathic and chiropractic school national university of health sciences west side of chicago also went to acupuncture and chinese medicine school and then i also did side specialties and basically taking my board exams or have taken them in nutrition neurology homeopathy internal medicine Mm -hmm. and applied kinesiology so i did more kind of like study than almost anyone in my field but essentially i call myself a holistic physician because i do a lot of functional medicine i do blood work on almost every single new patient we have or they bring in extensive blood work they've had done by other functional medicine doctors. So really, we do like an hour-long history, an exam that's usually more hands-on exam than most people get at their conventional MD or DO or nurse practitioner. And then we go through extensive blood tests and some urine tests, sometimes hair tests or stool tests. And we basically try to find the root cause of what's happening. So rather than just give a pill for a problem or a drug to cover up a symptom, we're trying to find the root cause of why someone feels the way they do. 
which takes a lot more time, a lot more money, investment of time, money, and energy into figuring that out. But the payoff is priceless for someone to actually figure out why they feel the way they feel and then fix the root cause and just the myriad of symptoms that they knew know they have or they don't even know they have problems with just start to melt away like butter. It's great. So it's really fulfilling because people get better. They feel like they're actually getting to the root cause of their problems. You're helping them with their stress. You're helping them with their diet and lifestyle. You're helping them prevent illness and get rid of their current illnesses. So it's just a win-win for everybody. Like, I feel like everyone should practice this way. It just takes a lot more time and effort. And honestly, there's not enough doctors to go around to practice this way right now. There's a $50,000 doctor shortage in America. So that's partially why like doctors are doing their best, but they just don't all have time to sit down with every patient for an hour to two hours. Yeah, same. Well, growing up and having, you know, chronic issues, asthma, allergies, certain digestive issues and stuff, it seems like whenever things would finally reach ahead and, you know, you convince your mom to take the day off, your dad's got to take the day off, bring you to the doctor's office, you know, you sit there, you're basically just waiting for the sucker at the end of it. Or maybe if you get some amoxicillin, it's going to take, you can drink that stuff that it's pink and it tastes like a bubblegum liquid. Um, but it was just this kind of drug and shrug mentality and uh you know that's really something that made me not just like turned off uh from the mainstream medical establishment but actually you know by the time i was 12 13 years old i was kind of embittered already about you know just none of these doctors you know i had this asthma specialist and he treated my mom when she was a kid and this guy is just like yeah here's you know give, give your new albuterol and um if it gets real bad you could come here and maybe you should get rid of your cats that you're allergic to and you know it's just basically those are the only pieces of advice we had um so you know finding functional medicine practitioners and getting to know so many um you know functional medicine practitioners in so many different fields from chiropractic osteopathy you know i just i i really come to appreciate a lot of uh a lot of what you guys do especially with the extensive testing and blood work um, which we're going to get into really deep in the latter half of this. If you guys are watching on YouTube right now, uh, as you've all probably noticed, it, it's very uh, difficult to get the word out on certain topics in YouTube, on Instagram, and Twitter even. And uh, there are certain topics that are a little bit uh, off limits. You know, I mean, anything that goes against uh, what certain international health organizations, funded mainly by Bill Gates, uh, our government, and, uh, and, and the Chinese government, in concert, uh, if you go against any of the recommendations they give, it almost gets labeled as um, you know, you, uh, a hate speech or something, you know, hate thought. And so we're going to be talking about the extensive testing that Dr. Bradley Campbell has done on his clients before and after the current um, highly recommended, allegedly safe and allegedly effective uh, jab. So we're going to be talking about that because that actually got him removed from Instagram, not just once, but twice. You know, one of my favorite recent profiles that I found on Instagram, uh, he got removed two times. So we're going to be talking about women's menstrual cycles, yeah? For those of you who have seen the disrupted cycles that women have been discussing, and this has also been wiped out from most of the internet, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about the blood work. And I, I, I really don't know what you found. I haven't uh, – I'm going to be learning along with the audience. But uh, yeah, first of all, I want to ask you a little bit about just what it's been like the last year. You know, you're practicing, you're somebody who you're hands-on with clients. Um, obviously, you're not just, some people think of chiropractors and they think you're just, oh, they go in, they're going to crack your back and then you're gone. But I mean, you're working with people on root cause issues. You're working with them with nutrition, diagnosing, you know, environmental sensitivities and working on their lifestyle. Um, 
we've seen a major move towards what they're calling like here in Ecuador, it's called telemedicine, basically. And this is due to the new, uh, another new word here, biosecurity measures in Spanish, bioseguridad. And this is this idea that we're just so dangerous. We're, we, if we're with each other in person, you're basically, um, you might as well just go out and uh, throw a toxic sludge on everyone's grandmas because you're just a breathing uh, viral load, viral vector that's destroying the world and destroying people just by you being around them, right? This is the new vibe. Healthcare seems to have changed. And um, first of all, like, where do you practice and how has your practice actually changed in the last year with all this madness? So I practice in Chicago, Illinois, United States, um, which is like one of the biggest hubs, I guess, of where uh, the sea illness was spreading for a while. We had over a thousand patients with the sea illness. We treated in person, mostly some virtually. Um, but my life hasn't changed that much because people still have their typical health issues and they've still been coming into our doctor's office per usual, some with masks on, some not with masks on. Um, and I was actually treating patients who had the sea illness for two months dozens of people before even realized what it was and they tested positive for antibodies later but they started out um, not knowing what it was we just thought it was like the influenza a we thought it was a pneumonia or bronchitis going around um, but we were treating with kind of our typical means of herbs and supplements and they all got better with that so we didn't know it was a big deal um, and then we found out after the fact that oh that was actually the sea illness and then as things kind of progressed we're like well maybe that was actually something else um, and we started really like things started locking down in March around here of 2020. And, um, we just stocked up on a whole bunch of supplements and herbs to help support the immune system. And, uh, of the thousand people, no one has had to go to the hospital for the sea illness for any like medical reason. It's pretty cool. Um, that's we haven't been that's... using any drugs. We haven't been using any, anything at all, which a lot of people have been using, like the drugs that got, you know, censored or you know, we weren't allowed to be prescribed. We were just using natural remedies that China had been using, that Japan had been using, um, and stuff that the Institute of Functional Medicine had suggested to use as well. And these were like uh, herbal protocols that you'd use previously for seasonal influenza and stuff like that? Yep. We tweaked it a little bit based on research on past sea illnesses and some of what my mentors had done with research and what um, had worked for SARS and MERS in the past. Um, okay. So we tweaked it based on the best evidence we had. Um, so it was grounded in evidence-based medicine and science, and it just worked great for everybody. There you go. Then, I mean, you have your own case studies there. Did you mention a thousand patients? Yeah, over a thousand. Wow. And what, what we were one of like the first hubs that was uh, getting like the testing. Hmm. So we had a test that was helped de developed with a lab called Vibrant America and the Mayo Clinic, and it was basically looking at. 12 antibody markers rather than just one or two. So we were looking for not just positive negative, we were looking at numbers for four different proteins um, of the C illness and IgG, IgA, and IgM type markers that people could react to. So we were doing really thorough, um, comprehensive antibody testing. So a lot of people were coming in to get tested for that. So we had hundreds of people testing for that. And then if they would show up positive, because a lot of people didn't even know they had it. They had like no idea. And they would show up positive or recent, like, you know, acutely, like they're just getting it. Um, so they were those, the majority who end up being mildly symptomatic or no symptoms. And so we were basically supporting them through it, making sure they didn't get symptoms. And um, we were finding that even at the beginning in April, that 25 to 32% of 
Chicagoans had already had the sea illness, which is very similar to what they found in San Fran, very similar to New York. They found like a 20 to 30% positive rate in the general population in those places, even at the very beginning of all this going on. Yeah. And in we... the summertime, they were usually at about 50% in major cities like San Fran, Chicago. And then they found another 20 to 30% who still had antibodies this current spring in like February, March. So um, it's kind of safe to say if you were to do the T-cell testing on everybody that the vast majority of the major cities have already had or been exposed to or built an immune response up against the sea illness. Sorry, I was muted for the audience. This is really fascinating. It's something that's not really being discussed in an honest way right now. And this is you know, natural immunity, this uh, conspiracy theory that is called natural immunity. And that's uh, right. I mean, these these are not seemingly very important anymore in the eyes of um, the mass media, which I mean, anybody who's kind of looked at the funding for mass media, you see who the major advertisers are in between the uh, news segments that are constantly pumping you full of fear and trepidation and anger and trying to enrage you and make you depressed they're also you know you you got zoloft commercials you know you get xanax commercials in between there your antidepressants and your uh, uh your statins right? they seem to be the biggest um the biggest drugs that are pushed on television but um you know what do you think about the change and the shift that we've seen um towards like only accepting immunity uh in the form of an injection right um, I think it's ridiculous. And the WHO removed natural immunity from its herd immunity definition in the middle of this whole thing. And then there was so much outrage amongst even conventional medical doctors that they actually put it back up and then they took it down again and then they put it back up. And I don't even know where the status is now, but it's like they change their mind every five minutes. The science has been proven for the last thousand years, but yet they're changing their minds for no apparent reason. Um, and I think it might be to push an agenda, perhaps, but um, even the Northwestern University School of Feinberg Medicine doctor, who's been on the news mainstream media here all year, came on and said, if you have antibodies, there's no reason to get more antibodies. Basically telling people if they have a natural immune defense, there's absolutely no reason to get more of it because the body does a great job already at making memory B cells, memory T cells. And that should last for years and so far have been shown to last the entire time. And basically everyone who had the CLM still has protection in their T cells. So it's showing that the body and the natural immune defense is innately intelligent, super powerful, super smart, and will likely protect you for a lifetime once you've had it. Um, but it's a narrative that would empower people. It would help people feel stronger It help people feel better about their bodies. And yet we've sort of been told that even if you've had the sea illness naturally, you still need some sort of um, medical, artificial, synthetic jab support in order to be protected, which is not quite accurate. Yeah, the, the, it's never been protected. the case. In, yeah. yeah, it's never been the case in any medical um, illness in history, but for some reason now, it's now the case. Yeah, it's amazing watching the messaging and watching it change and seeing the narrative shift. Um, you know this. Uh, multifaceted narrative it's been I just it, it's been changing masks constantly and it's it's amazing seeing I mean it's just so in your face at this point you know I mean it's it's you either see that you're being gaslit and lied to at this point 
or you, I guess you must be just in a state of um, learned helplessness and very deep cognitive dissonance with what's happening, right? Because first it was like, you know, the masks are great, or the masks, the masks are unnecessary, shouldn't wear them, useless for respiratory illnesses, and then it became the masks are our saving grace, right? This is, we all must mask. And then when it was like two masks, right? I mean, double, maybe three. Right. I mean, people here in Ecuador, like, they're still, go, they're still on the two mask thing. You go into the city and you see people double masked all over the place. It's, um, it, it's just incredible. Uh, I wanted to ask you also, what month did you start seeing... Um, people showing up with symptoms and then you mentioned you later tested them and found out that they had the, was it yeah. T-cell, T-cell had, immunity you're testing for? Yeah, we had some, including like antibodies and a T-cell testing, but we had people with symptoms even late December and January, hmm. um, a little bit more in February and then um, early March still before everything locked down mid-March. That's funny because we had our whole family, we had something in December and it was just all the same symptoms, you know, and I've, I've not gotten tested uh, for anything, but we suspected that we had something of the sort. It just if for us, it felt like a head cold, an intense head cold, real sinus headache, and um, yeah, a few few sweaty nights, you know, a few feverish nights. Most of the symptoms were in the evening. So yeah, anyways, it was um, that. It seems to have also maybe been going around here at the same time. But yeah. okay, so this this shifting narrative on immunity, I find really interesting. Can you go ahead and just break down the different types of immunity that might be being tested for? Because I'm seeing some people. Yeah, you know, Twitter and Instagram, social media, some like big influencers. I think uh, Jordan Peterson made a tweet the other day. I'm going to get the stabby. I'm going to get my shot because I, he already had this. He had the he had CV, right? So he had the CV, and then so he had natural immunity, and then he got his antibodies tested. Was told he had low antibodies and said, "I need to go get the shot now." I thought yeah. that was amazing. So why are people thinking this? Uh, and uh, what what kind of it's tests a- are being done? Yeah, it's really just a lack of education, I think, um, on how the immune system works. So you have your innate immunity and your adaptive immunity. The innate immunity is your initial defense. It's basically your natural killer cells. It's like the moat around your castle. So if you have a germ or intruder that you don't want to let in, that protects you from that. Um, And that's basically you need movement, 20 minutes of movement a day for your natural killer cells to work. Um, A positive attitude, sleep, lack of stress. Sunlight all help your natural killer cells, which is basically getting locked inside is like the worst thing we could have done for our innate immunity. And then you have your adaptive immunity, which is once something gets into your castle, what do you do to adapt now that it's there? And that's your B cells and your T cells and the antibodies. Your B cells make your antibodies and the T cells have T helper and T cytotoxic and T killer cells. And basically they, they're like your troops, your warriors in your body. Um, the B cells are kind of like your ROTC cells. They get made more frequently. They're not as well trained. They're not as skilled, but they still do a pretty good job. And some of those B cells will become long-term soldiers, memory B cells that remember um, the infections for the rest of your life. Whereas the T cells are like your Navy SEALs or your Marines. They're super skilled. They're around for a long time, like their entire lives are in the service and uh, for your body and you have T memory cells that will remember infections, especially bad ones for the rest of your life. So if you get like the mumps, can't really get it again. If you get the chicken pox, you can't really get it again. But if you get an injection for the chicken pox, you can still catch the chicken pox. Kind of like if you get the injection for the C illness, you can still catch the C illness. Um, But the thing about the immune system is your antibodies will typically drop down 
over time, they have a half-life of about three months, but you'll still keep a low level of antibodies, likely for the rest of your life. Uh, this happens with Epstein-Barr virus. When you get mono, you still have those antibodies forever. But when you're run down or when you need more immune protection against future strains of the sealness, your body has memory cells, memory T cells, and even some memory B cells, which will recreate antibodies whenever you need them. So if that intruder comes in again, you can quick make some extra defense um, and fight, make some new ROTC soldiers, recruit some people, and you know exactly what to do because you already have the educational training to train these antibodies and make them whenever you need to like more ammunition, like buying, like you have all the guns I do is load them. Your body just has them waiting from these B memory cells. You just load the gun and you kill any intruder that comes in. So like the people who have had natural immune defense against the sealness, they should be fairly protected against the new strains of what's flying out there. Whereas people who um, may have the jab, they aren't necessarily more protected. Um, and it seems like the current strain that's in India that's now spread to the U.S., there's one that's basically vaccine resistant, which means that the vaccine no longer, oops, that the jab no longer works against the current sea on the strain in India. Fascinating. Yeah, I think it was a really good breakdown. Um, all right, if you guys were watching on YouTube, we got a much bigger crowd on YouTube right now. Remember, we're going over to Rockfin after this. On Rockfin, we don't have to be uh, we don't have to be biting our tongues over there. We can kind of let loose a little bit more. And um, you know, once we get over to the Rockfin, I want you guys to all make sure to jump over there, pinned in the live chat on YouTube and in the description as well. The second link in the description is going to bring you over there to the Rockfin stream. Uh, if you're watching live right now, you can make a free account and you can watch it later on a little bit after the uh, the live stream. It's probably going to go for premium members only content over there on Rockfin. That's how we're actually able to uh, fund the work we do here because, you know, with YouTube and with the way that social media has worked now, monetization is not happening over there on YouTube, even though, you know, we've been, we put in about what, eight years on the platform now, helped, helped to build the platform. Uh, we, we got on that naughty list. And once you get on there, you, uh, you don't get to reach your audience anymore, unfortunately. So on Rockfin, we actually do get to reach our audience and we get to say what we want. And, uh, and there's no censorship over there, and we can actually monetize. So jump over there to Rockfin, guys. We're going to be going over there exclusively to Rockfin to talk to and go deep on uh, what we're going to talk about next, and that is the reactions that people are having to the jab, the reactions that people are having physically, which seem to be uh, sometimes uh, far worse than the, uh, the illness that this thing is meant to treat. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to talk about why... Uh, why it might be good for more people to start doing blood work before and after, right? I mean, I don't how how in the hell did uh, Pfizer and Moderna not have in their study and publish blood work and labs before and after this intervention? This is insane to me. So um, yeah, you guys come over there to Rockfin. We're about to get, it's about to get too thick over here for YouTube. It's getting too hot and too heavy for YouTube. Even though we're well within the community guidelines, we're saying nothing inflammatory. We're playing nice. We're not being mean to anybody. We're talking about reality. We're talking about the science, right? Which is not an entity, which is a process. We're talking about actual science. So uh, go over there to Rockfin. We're going to be deep on the second half, and we're going to cut the stream over here on YouTube very soon. I'll let you know when that happens. But uh, yeah, uh, sorry, Dr. Bradley Campbell. Um, what is going on here? Why? Uh, you've been doing lab testing on people extensively long before this. It's not like you just get into, got into giving people labs. And um, Can we talk a little bit about lab work and blood work, the type of blood work you like to do with your clients and why, and why you started testing before and after the uh, uh, 
uh, stabby intervention, the, the jab intervention that we're seeing pushed so intensely by the media right now? So I got into doing blood work just because I was seeing miracles in practice, but I wanted hard evidence of what was happening. Um, so I test on almost every new patient. I'll check major immune system markers for like all their. Okay, it's coming back now. Let's just, if you could just start from the beginning. I'm so sorry. I don't know where it cut out, but I just saw the red light and I was like, oh shoot. So uh, yeah, again, right. we'll go back to the uh, the testing from the beginning. Yeah. Thank you. So. Basically, I do extensive blood tests on every new patient. That includes genetic markers, inflammatory markers, cardiovascular markers, immune system stuff, um, hormones, so full thyroid panel with antibodies, a lot of autoimmune testing because a lot of people have autoimmune issues and don't realize it. A lot of people also have cardiovascular inflammation like plaque risk markers and homocysteine and high-sensitivity cardioreactive protein. They have all these markers that are elevated, like having high cholesterol and you're not aware of it. but those can signal major damage to your heart and blood vessels, major problems. It's kind of like you're building an iceberg in the North Sea and your Titanic, your ship's going to hit it at some point. We just don't know when. But the blood work gives us an, a better idea than most physicals and most blood work people have um, because 50% of people have a heart attack with normal cholesterol levels. Um, so we look at more advanced cardiovascular testing. Um, that like the Cleveland Heart Lab and Boston Health have basically developed over the years to look to see are people forming clots or plaque? Uh, what's the actual pumping stress of the heart look like? Um, what is homocysteine, which is a genetic and B vitamin methylation and cellular inflammatory marker, which is really important. The guy who figured out homocysteine won a Nobel Prize in medicine. It's that important and it drastically changes your long-term health risk. So all of these markers are extremely important, so um, we run them on everybody just to screen and see who's at risk, who can we prevent illness for now. So um, we start working on it a decade or two before they actually get the problem they're going to come down with. Cool. And what about like heavy metals and stuff like that? Is it something you test for when you got a client comes in, you know, chronic fatigue or, uh, you know, they might think they have adrenal fatigue. Um, yeah. is, does that play an important so, role? Adrenal hormones all the time. I actually wrote a book called Do I Have Adrenal Fatigue? That's on like nice. an ebook on Amazon, actually. Um, but basically, um, yeah, I check for heavy metals on a lot of patients' hair and urine testing, pre and post chelation. We'll check functional stool tests to see where someone's gut microbiome is. We look at environmental toxin testing, chronic infection testing like Lyme and mold, and um, those type of illnesses as well, chronic virus infections. Um, so we do a lot of different functional medicine testing to really figure out what the root cause of the issue is. Yeah. And uh, do you find that there's, I mean, what, what are some of the major problems you see out there as far as environmental toxic load goes? Because this is going to help us kind of segue into the next section, which I think uh, we maybe got about five minutes left, guys, and then we'll jump over there. We'll be uncensored. No tongue biting over there on Rockfin. We can talk about exactly what happened when he got booted from Instagram. As you can see, Dr. Bradley Campbell here, he's not a uh, you know, very am- amicable guy, super nice guy, uh, real straightforward. I don't think he would be doing anything outside of the you know, community guidelines. I don't think he's engaged in any bullying or anything like that, right? But he got the boot from Instagram. Two times, you know, and it, it doesn't seem like he was saying anything very inflammatory, at least from my perspective. Um, so, yeah, what, what are some of these like environmental toxins that people might be dealing with occasionally or, you know, people who perhaps, uh, I don't know, maybe had something like a, a 
Gardasil intervention and after that had issues. What type of things are you testing with and finding with these types of patients? Um, yeah, that's a broad question. It's really like <laughs> all place. We see like heavy metals in almost every patient. Um, they can get that from past jabs, like you mentioned. Um, they can get it from work exposure. If they're working like chemical plants, that type of stuff. Um, some people get it from like cooking material, you know, that starts to leach metals into their body. Um, can be from like phones. People can have environmental toxins where they're peeing out like plastics, um, flame retardants from furniture, um, pesticides on food, non-organic food that has high like glyphosate roundup kind of stuff. We'll see that in people's urine. Um, so there's really all kinds of ways that people can get like toxic load, toxic exposures, and we'll start to find some of the downstream effects in their blood, in their hair, in their urine. Okay. All right. So then you started doing these tests before and after this uh, uh, allegedly safe and allegedly healthy and allegedly effective uh, medical intervention that's so popular right now. And um, uh, I think that's what we're going to get into next, guys. So if you're on YouTube right now, um, we really appreciate you guys tuning in on YouTube. But you know, it, just with the way that YouTube works, well, I'm not trying to risk the channel. It's been eight years here. I feel like I'm walking on thin ice on YouTube already, unfortunately, even though, of course, always well within them community guidelines. But we're going to jump over there exclusively to, uh, to Rockfin right now. Please jump over to Rockfin. You can watch for free during this live event. Later on, you might have to sign up for a subscription. I think I might leave it up for a day or so, though, just to let all you guys, uh, all you guys tune in and check it out if you weren't able to. We've got a lot of people in Europe, a lot of the, um, the Europeans that enjoy watching the streams here. Not always able to make it at this time in the evening. So we're going over there to Rockfin. Don't have to censor ourselves over there. Guys, we're going to do a quick inter- uh, a quick intermission, maybe about 30 seconds. I'm going to go grab a cup of water, and, uh, and we're going to be over there Rockfin exclusive. We're going to talk about why he got kicked off of Instagram for simply discussing lab work. I mean, this should be basic stuff that any doctor should be able to talk about. And um, so, yeah, let's... Uh, Let's go over there. Thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Like the video, share the video, jump over there to Rockfin. The link is in the description. We'll see you guys over there.